Hey guys, Rajiv Nathan from Idea Lemon and the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast here. Today we have a special bonus episode we're sharing with you, and it's the audio from the TEDx talk that I delivered at TEDx Rush University in May 2014. The topic of this talk was how to become an expert in vulnerability. The reason we're sharing this? Well, a few episodes ago in Season 3, Episode 6, we recorded a podcast with Greg Archer discussing why vulnerability matters. I figured a great add-on to that would be sharing this TED Talk with you about how to become an expert in vulnerability, where I discussed an experience I had about being vulnerable and how that opened me up to a new experience and learning new things. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming to make sure you don't miss a beat on this show and follow along every step of the way on your journey to discovering your inner awesome. Head to idealemon.com and subscribe to our email newsletter. Enjoy now my TED Talk from TEDx Rush University, How to Become an Expert in Vulnerability. You're listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast, so take care and be awesome today. Applause, and I haven't even started yet. All right. What if what we think we know about experts is incorrect? What if our belief and faith in the expertise process is just wrong? Today, I'd like to challenge what we all think we know and present the argument that expertise does not actually come from being all-knowing, and the basis for progress is vulnerability. Here's how I learned this. I recently took a trip to Costa Rica as part of a travel community where the premise of the trip is that you don't know anyone when you leave and you meet everyone on site. So I packed this big hiking bag and almost collapsed from the weight, made it out to O'Hare Airport on one of our very lovely zero degree January nights that we all came to know too well. And I landed in Costa Rica the next day and that's where I met everyone else at airport pickup. They were all friendly and approachable, just as I was expecting. There was one guy who stood out in particular. He was this jacked Asian dude. And I'm talking like perfect packs, deltoids for days, biceps on biceps on biceps. Huge. Let's just call him Hulk. And Hulk was wearing a tank top, which let me know that he was huge. He didn't just stand out for his physique, though. He was also, he stood out because he was also clutching a very large bottle of Jägermeister. <laughs> and I, when I went to introduce myself, I could almost anticipate what his response would be. And it was very much as I was anticipating. I said, hi, and he's like, oh, bro, I am so stoked for this trip, dude. I'm just going to rip through some shots. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Oh, my God. I have to deal with this. Meathead. We throw our luggage onto the bus and we set out towards the ranch where we'd be staying for the next five days. The ride's a little bit bumpy because the roads aren't paved so well. So I'm starting to get a little bit nauseous. On top of that, it's a little bit awkward because we don't all really know each other yet. But I'm just staring out that window in the bus, trying to soak in the scenery and enjoy this trip as best as I can. And all of a sudden, a scent makes its way towards my nose, and I inhale. And as I inhale, the memory of all these bad, drunken college nights, dancing on tables and trying to hit on girls with, sup, 
comes rushing back to me. It was the smell of Jägermeister. And if you're familiar with what Jaeger smells like, then you know it's that black licorice that you get a whiff and you want to vom. It was Hulk in the seat behind me just running through shots of that bottle. Oh God, I have to deal with this drunken meathead? We get to the ranch later that night, and I throw my luggage in my room, and I take out my journal, and I write in it, Hulk is so annoying. God, I hope he doesn't ruin this trip. I hope I don't have to deal with him. Well, it was five days, 13 people, and we're on a ranch isolated in the Costa Rican rainforest. You do the math. I was forced to deal with him. It would turn out, though, that that was the best part. See, because I was forced to deal with him, I was forced to interact with him and converse with him. And in turn, this allowed me to learn from him and learn about him. And everything I had perceived about him was way off. I mentioned he was Asian. Specifically, he was Cambodian. And through talking with him, I found out that he was only in this country in the first place because years ago, his parents escaped genocide in Cambodia, fleeing to America. And he knew all about Cambodia's history and world history, he would just pepper into these different conversations, almost like I casually drop sports references. And that's because I found out he had a master's degree in history. Here I thought he was all brawn. Turns out he had a lot of brains as well. And I wouldn't have learned that if I wasn't forced to deal with him. If I had said to myself, I could get to know him, but I'm not going to like him. And those muscles that he so proudly sported, well, those were the result of a spiritual awakening he had at about the age of 18. See, he had grown up as the fat kid. But around 18, he realized that in order to live a healthy, fulfilling, and confident life, he had to make a serious change. And that's when he found himself in the weight room. Now, if that was your motivation for wanting to work out, wouldn't you want to show the fruits of your labor with the world? Is it any different than me sharing with my friends and family that I'd be doing this today? I think not. And I wouldn't have learned this if I wasn't forced to deal with him, if I said to myself, I could get to know him, but I'm not going to like him. As for the Jaeger, well, his actual job is a train conductor on the Upper East Coast, and the job is so demanding that he really never gets any time off. This was his first vacation in about five years. So if he just wanted to cut loose, have some drinks, and have fun, why should I judge him? I shouldn't. And I wouldn't have learned that about myself and about him if I wasn't forced to deal with him. If I had said, I could get to know him, but I'm not going to like him. And as I learned all this about him, I think on top of all that, I found out that he was one of the most kind, caring, and genuine people you could ever meet. Something I would never expect just by looking at him. And that's when it hit me that all of this was a result of being in a position of vulnerability. I had to take a trip where I didn't know anyone to a country I had never been to in order to have this forced interaction, meet someone new, write them off initially, but learn all about them. And when I thought about this, I also, it kind of hit me at the same time that this has happened before. Every major life event I have had has come back to an instance of being put in a position of vulnerability to either learn something about a situation a person, or about myself. Back in high school, I was deathly afraid of running the 400-meter race in track. 
I just thought I didn't have the stamina to do it. An entire lap without any breaks? Come on. <laughs> and then one day, my sophomore year, my coach forced me to run it. Well, I ran the race. I didn't do the best at it, but I also fell in love with that race. And three years later, I ended up graduating with a school record in the 4x400 relay. In fact, one of my teammates, I think, is in the crowd right now. What's up, Dan? Hey, there you go. <laughs> and that friendship was strengthened by the fact that we were a team together and because I was forced to be in a position of vulnerability by running that race in the first place. So I sat down to you know, map out this talk, and the words came to me. The basis for progress is vulnerability. But was I an anomaly, or was this a larger pattern that transcends time and people? The answer is yes, it transcends time and people. Think back in history. There was a young prince named Siddhartha who grew up in a life of royalty, and his world was the palace grounds. But then he ventured beyond the palace grounds, and he saw the suffering of man and creatures around him. And that caused him to set out on a spiritual quest. The result of that quest is what we now call Buddhism. Michael Jordan was cut from his junior varsity team, and he could have said, I could try out again next year, but I'm not going to make it. Michael Jordan did try out the next year, and I think we're all at least a little familiar with how that one turned out. Michael Jordan created Space Jam, the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> the thing is, though, we look at these people who we hold to these high standards, the ones that we consider the experts in their fields or in their lives, and we look at them and we, we see the awards, the honors, the accolades, the newspaper clippings and the titles. We obsess over their titles. And we think, man, look at them. They're always doing it right. They always know what to do. But remember what I asked at the start. What if our faith and belief in experts and the expertise process is actually wrong? It's not that they always know. It's that they always know that they don't know. Because success is born from the unknown. And the basis for progress is vulnerability. The basis for progress is vulnerability. And that's all fine and good, right? But where does that leave us? Do we have to start a religion or win six NBA championships? Or more importantly, team up with Bugs Bunny and defeat a team of space aliens? Absolutely not. All we have to do is take seemingly comfortable situations and flip the script on them, turn them on their head a little bit, make them uncomfortable. Think about the moments you have had desires or aspirations to go out and do something. And then you never did them because you fell back into comfort. You protected yourself from vulnerability. You thought to yourself, I could do that. And then you said, oh, but I'm not. Maybe you have an idea. I'd like to start a business. Oh, but I'm not an entrepreneur. But I'm not really experienced in business. But I'm not, but I'm not. Or maybe even just socially, you're out with friends and you think to yourself, I should have go ask that person out. Ooh, but I'm not going to know what to say. But I'm not their type. Ooh, but I'm not a dating expert. And this but I'm not practice, we keep doing it, but I'm not. And all it really does is it prevents us from ever doing anything. It's comfortable. 
We've got to make, take these situations and make a simple but fundamental mindset shift. You've got to go from but I'm not to because I am. I'd like to start a business because I am interested in developing a product that someone might want or need. I'd like to ask that person out because I'm at least as good looking as half the other people here. <laughs> when you think in terms of because I am, you don't focus on the outcome. But I'm not is entirely outcome focused, right? But I'm not an entrepreneur. Well, you become an entrepreneur after some trials and errors, after you start a process. You don't start being an entrepreneur. Because I am is process focused. And when you become process focused, you develop progress. And as you develop progress, you start to set out on a path towards expertise. And that brings us to right now. Let's have some fun. You're all pretty comfortable in these seats. I'm the one alone up here who's uncomfortable. What I'm going to do is place you guys in a position of vulnerability. When I say go, I want you to turn to the person next to you, introduce yourself real quick, and tell them one desire or goal you have for the year, one aspiration. It could be something like traveling to a new country, starting a business, or something as simple as maybe losing weight, or hosting a dinner party, or organizing an event. Whatever your desire or aspiration is, I want you to voice it to that person. But I want you to follow it with, because I am. For instance, me personally, I would like to be interviewed on Chicago Public Radio, WBEZ, because I am a strong communicator with powerful stories. That's your turn. You ready? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Go. <laughs> All right, let's. Let's bring it back up here. It's kind of fun, right? See, it's, a, it's a, probably a little bit uncomfortable at first, isn't it? To express to either someone you know or a complete stranger something you may have never voiced before. But that's the point. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. But when you express that thing that, that's burning inside you, when you express that and then you follow it with because I am, you start to build a little bit of confidence. And confidence leads towards progress. And progress puts you towards expertise. Remember, but I'm not is outcome focused. Because I am is process and progress oriented. In fact, the president of Pixar was recently quoted as saying that start, uh, slogans should be considered as starting points, not as conclusions. When you express that, you get to share your desire with the world. And the world cannot give you what it has unless you tell the world what you want. On my last day in Costa Rica, I saw someone holding a really fat, yellow, softball-sized lemon. And I wanted to get a picture of the lemon tree because the name of my business is Idea Lemon. So I had one of the ranch workers take me down to a lemon tree. And here's what she showed me. And if you're struggling to see with the light, those are green. And like any sane person, I was like, well, these are limes. Can I see some lemons, please? 
And she tells me, actually, these are lemons. We have a lot of green lemons that grow in Costa Rica. And that's when it hit me. This was the perfect metaphor for my friend, the Hulk. I had gone in assuming one thing, assuming he was just this muscle dude, wasn't smart and was annoying, but it took a position of vulnerability. I went on that trip. I had a forced interaction to learn that he was so much more. And in fact, I'll be having dinner with him next Monday night. He's going to have a fun time hearing about this talk. <laughs> just as with lemons, I've always believed lemons to be yellow, but it took one new conversation one new interaction to learn that sometimes lemons are green. Remember, man's thoughts and actions only go so far as our willingness and ability to challenge them. So the more you place yourself in vulnerability and discomfort, the more you challenge and the more you grow. To bring this whole thing full circle, about 10 days ago, I thought I had a knockout TED talk. But I placed myself in a position of vulnerability by practicing in front of friends and strangers and having them fire their critique at me because I am open to improvement. And the result of that critique was a rewrite of the entire thing 10 days ago. And what I've told you today is vastly different and far better than what I would have said 10 days ago. And that's because the basis for progress is vulnerability. Thank you.